everyone. I'm Justine. I'm Brian. And we are just a couple of anxious millennials and best friends, too. Most days we're best friends, but we are always anxious. 24 fucking 7. We have a guest today in studio. <gasps> Look <laughs> at that. Oh, so, cool. so this is the first time we're recording where I can actually see Justine. And look at that little beast. Justine, who do you have there tucked behind your microphone? This is Chloe, my 10-year-old pug. And she is my best friend. And cute as she is, Justine, the years have not been kind to that book. (laughs) She's got some gray. Gravity Um, has taken its toll on that snout. It is sagging. (laughs) Yes, it is. God bless. Brian, are you a dog or a cat kind of person? Um, I have never and will never own a cat. So I feel the same way. So I today's question, the question that is bringing me anxiety this week is. Just this week? Well, this question brings me anxiety literally every second of my life, if I'm being honest. I figured. Does my dog slash cat slash kids slash fish know that I love them? <laughs> You have posed this question to me before, and I think I always very quickly change the subject right afterwards. So now I'm forced to let you talk this one out, unfortunately. I mean, I, it is no secret that I love my dogs and I just, I need to know that they love me back and not knowing this gives me anxiety. And I think for our conversation today, because you have had a family dog. I have dogs. We don't have kids. We don't have pets we, or cats. We don't have fish. It'll be dog centric. It's going to be a dog centric conversation. So, okay. I accept that. Nothing against cats. Well, I have Except everything for, against cats. <laughs> I actually have everything against cats. Too. I don't like that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. They're not for me. Um, Brian, can you guess one thing? that is different about you and dogs different about about my myself and dogs or like humans and dogs you specifically oh me specifically well i think we're both (laughs) colorblind right dogs are not colorblind (gasps) wait is this a myth it's a myth they can see blue and yellow oh well Got one up on me. I can't see blue, so, so Chloe, I'll just go fuck myself. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Chloe is officially, you're officially smarter than Brian. How does that feel? <laughs> She's not the only one. <laughs> <laughs> she is the only one on this podcast that's smarter than me, though. So fair, I'll give her that. <laughs> I, I'll give her that, <laughs> Well, my, my poor family dog that, that I had that sadly passed a couple years ago, R.I.P. Yeah, poor blind, deaf, and diapered cockapoo, Molly, (laughs) by the end. (laughs) God rest her tiny little canine soul. Um, She had her for a long time, got her in in eighth grade, which, um, trying to remember what color hair you had then. I want to say, like, green, verging on orange. Oh, okay. (laughs) 
did you ever wonder like did Mo- like when molly passed away like were you like did she know how much i loved her before she passed away yeah so i i give you some crap but this question has definitely crossed my mind before and it, and it was debated um in our family usually you know my mom my mom's very emotional my dad is very pragmatic and so very not emotional <laughs> right, the general uh i can say that since he was like my pe coach <laughs> mm-hmm. oh my god that's right <laughs> well they would argue about this and i would get kind of caught in the middle like because i i'd see both sides of it and the question that they comes up, argued about it that's amazing oh yeah this was uh dinner table combat for sure and i love that you know i definitely saw both both sides of the argument and i think i would lean a little bit more towards thinking that my dog has genuine love for me but what do you make of the question what do you make of those people who say that a hungry dog isn't a loyal dog like would chloe or kai start gnawing on your nose if you put like kale in their bowl instead of dog chow okay i've never heard that saying that a hungry well, dog is food for thought. Is, Chloe, she's very food motivated, so she might eat me if I starved her. <laughs> My point exactly. And you're clearly not starving her. That's I'm a chunky not. little girl right there. But there's a good chance. Um, I think something that really struck me when I was, you know, talking about millennials and we we fucking love our pets. I mean they are our first babies. There were a few mil- articles that referred to dogs and just called them millennial babies. <laughs> like that's like, babies. yeah. And <laughs> like, they are millennials version of babies, which I think is so true. Is Chloe technically a millennial? Oh no, I guess you have to be born by like 96. She's I think not she's quite Gen that. Z. She's, that she's, she's a, Gen Z. You're a millennial. Is she on TikTok? No, I no. should. Pick- She's a Zoomer. That's what they call them. They're Zoomers now. Is that the new word, Zoomer? I don't know. Uh, I, really I think like because that. of the pandemic, where they like had to go to school using Zoom, it's like they're Zoomers. It's like Boomers, but with a Z. It's also it, it's a pun yeah, on, a, on did, a lot of levels. I did catch that it was Boomers with a Z. Thank you. Give me a little bit of credit. Well, I knew <laughs> Chloe would understand it, but I wasn't sure how much I had to elaborate on it for you. But I'm curious to dig into what about this makes you makes you anxious, though, because I'm really interested in kind of what we project onto our dogs in pursuit of confirming this connection. Like I'm thinking about even even like the voices that we give our dogs. Like I know you, you, you gave Chloe a voice. <laughs> I did. Chloe is definitely, you can see her face. She's definitely like a hard smoker with a, with a New York accent. Like just mom, where's my food? I know, I know you normally leave it right here. So in the meantime, I would just love a lick of your smoothie. Ugh, I love the berries. <laughs> She loves my smoothies. I, <laughs> this is something that I thought about a lot, especially through COVID, because I only spoke to my dogs for two years, um, was they were like the reason I got up in the morning. They kept me on a schedule. Like when the rest of the world was not 
functioning and was not on a schedule because everyone either was furloughed or wasn't working or lost their jobs. They still had to have breakfast, dinner, and go outside and be on this routine. And it was really interesting. Like, I think some days I wouldn't have known what time it was had she not been looking at me, just like waiting for her food, you know? Um, I'm sure your husband so I think would they be give very up. interested to know that he is <laughs> not the reason why you get up in the morning. <laughs> he knows. He knows. Does he, though? Yeah. Um, but no, I think it's a really good question. Like, why do I need to know that this dog loves me? And I think a little bit of it has to kind of come back to this, like, constant need that millennials have to be told, like, to be told that they're loved or justified or given feedback that's, like, constructive. Like, I'm like, am I a good mom? (laughs) Am I a good mom, Chloe? Like, I need you to tell me. And She knows you're asking her a question. That's about it. She's very, like, responsive. And I think that some of it, it comes from that of like, I need to know, like, if I'm giving this thing in my life enough. And I know I've talked to my friends who are moms and it's like a constant thing on their brain of they do one thing. It's like, you forget to bring a snack to your kids, like daycare or whatever. And it's not a big deal in the scheme of things, but you could beat yourself up for days thinking I'm a terrible mother. You know what I mean? Well, I don't know many mothers who call their child a thing, like you just did for Chloe. (laughs) Did I just call them? Yeah. Oh, I called Chloe a thing. (laughs) I'm going to call PETA here and get that fur baby taken away from you there. But you, I will give you credit. You are a very good dog mom, and that does bode well for future motherhood if Connor is ever unlucky enough to knock you up. But... I have a much colder <laughs> explanation for why I think you you wonder this so much, or we wonder this so much as millennials. This would be kind of like my dad speaking okay. through me, I would imagine. Here's why I think it gives us anxiety. Okay. Hello, Bill, Bill. He knows his shit. Um, I think <laughs> that we are all looking for a return on our investments. And I think in the wake of... Yeah, and I think that that's the same thing, just like when you're, you invest in the stock market and you want to return on that, or you're buying a house that you want to appreciate in equity, which we established a few episodes ago, I am never going to have enough money to do. Um, I think you want to see it returned in spades. And it's natural. We're pouring so much emotion and money and love into this little creature that you know is can be our everything can be as you said the reason why we uh wake up in the morning that we want to know that it's fundamental on on both sides so desperately because we want to see that return on everything that we've invested this is my theory what do you think i think i think it's really interesting and i think i kind of came at it from an emotional perspective and you came at it from a more practical perspective. Which is why you're a fundamentally weaker human being than I am. Sure. I mean, that tracks. But <laughs> I, like, I don't care about financial. Like, I paid 
thousands of dollars for this dog to do chemo <laughs> to cure. <laughs> That's right. Like oh, I and I would have I would have gone into debt to keep this tiny 15 pound pug alive. I really would have. And I feel like the majority of millennials that you talk to are like that. Whereas like boomers would be like, take it out back. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Cause they grew up with reading old yeller. It's true. Yeah. I never had to read. I didn't read any books actually. So I don't really know. I didn't even know you could read. I can't. But there was, there's a 0% chance that chemotherapy was going to take Clucifer down and take something no, much nothing. stronger than that. She's been through the ringer, but I, I, it's interesting that you would look at it that way. Do you look at other things in your life from a financial perspective like that? Okay. It was a metaphor. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Let's dig a little deeper into that, Brian. <laughs> no, but I'm just talking about the, the emotional investment. Like there's clearly a, I think when it comes down to it, there is a deep, oh my gosh, she's just so cute looking at you right now. I think there is a deep mutual love there that probably does not merit overthinking but don't we anything that's important to us don't we overthink it think about your any type of relationship that's just yeah. what we do and it, even if we tell ourselves not to we're bound to do it anyway and um you know back to the shrink <laughs> about that one <laughs> i'm trying a new therapist this week um yeah i mean i think you're right and i think what's something that really struck me is like I think about this, I think about this almost every day if my dogs love me. I don't think about if my husband loves me that much. Like, I probably. Now, the. Think about <laughs> well, that one thing. Because he's such a loving husband, he tells you out loud. That's true. <laughs> but he verbalizes I'm curious it. how cat. <laughs> true. I'm curious how cat people feel about this because, for as yeah. much as we're curious about dogs, those are animals that are even less, um, I guess, outward about their affection. affection. Like I've seen, I've seen well, videos of affectionate cats. I've definitely never seen one in person. That's like a Bigfoot phenomenon. Well, and one of the things that I read was like, how do dogs show that they love you? And it was, you know, they want to play. They rub up against you. They get excited when you come home. They lick you. And all of those are very yeah. like anti-cat things <laughs> to me. <laughs> so... True. Cat cat owners, how do you know that your cat loves you? What does it do? Well, yeah, there's a lot of room for miscommunication. Is it like, it's between just not a, an asshole. Like it's just like an okay thing, but it's just like not an asshole I, cat. I can I can only guess, but there is that they just have these actions that are so prone for misinterpretation, right? Between humans and and pets, and I. They're rude AF. Cats are fucking rude. But I don't think it's just limited to pets because if you remember, I did have one pet before we had dogs and my brother and I were desperate to get a pet. My parents would not let us get dogs and we somehow convinced them to buy us um, parakeets. This is what we, we negotiated. We, go, we, no, you we didn't. negotiated a parakeet named Cheeky. All right. Brian, that's so weird. We were in, I know. We were in eighth grade. We owned Cheeky for 13 days. All right. And over this almost fortnight, we left the same bowl of seeds in front of her the whole time. And, uh, you know, she may have like occasionally pecked at it, but we the, the, the amount of seed never seemed to go down. Let's just say that. And yet, despite this, Cheeky kept getting fatter, like sw swollen, one, one could say. 
Um, this bird 100% died. How did it die? So Why did it die? one morning, my brother and I wake up, and uh, my dad comes in, wakes us up on a school morning, and he's like, hey, guys, I really need you to get up. And we just kind of roll over and ignore him. And he's like, and he just goes, guys, I need you to get up. And we're like, ugh. And he just goes, all right, I tried. Get up. The bird's dead. <laughs> so we start freaking <laughs> out and sobbing. And it turns out. You were sobbing about the bird? Absolutely. This bird was so cute. Oh. It would like crawl up the folds of my clothing and like sit on our shoulder. And it turns out that you have to blow the seeds, the empty seed shells off the top because these birds are like too proud to like stick their face down a little into the seeds they literally rather die than get the top of their (laughs) heads dirty and the guy at the pet store never told us this and we're animal lovers we were obviously devastated we felt so guilty but it's it just blew my mind like looking back it explained so many of her actions It explains so many of her actions that we had misinterpreted. Like, she tried to escape her cage one time. She literally escaped her cage, her, like, little avian Alcatraz there. And she probably wanted to climb on my shoulder one last time like she liked to do. She was probably trying to tell me in my ear, like, bitch, I'm starving. <laughs> but Feed me. We can never so, quite understand what they're trying to tell us, and they probably can't understand think- what we're trying to tell them. To bring it all back around, I don't think your bird knew that you loved it because you killed it. (laughs) You know what the worst part was? Right after that, that epitomized my parents' personalities, their reactions. My mom is sobbing and she goes, you know, like the pet store opens again in two hours. Like, I think there's a 14 day return policy. I can, I can get this back. We can get another one. Yeah. Return the body. And my dad just goes, he goes, Shelly, the garbage truck comes in two minutes. Just throw it out. And my brother and I are just in pieces, just crying over this shit. And then I had to go to school. I was devastated. That was maybe one of my favorite stories you've ever told. And it was about well, a bird. It, and the best part is, it actually does have a happy ending because, uh, R.I.P. Cheeky, but How? two months later, because we got Molly. And Molly lived... For 13 years, not 13 days. So my little, oh. my little blind cockapoo. So your, your parents were like, hey, you kill the bird. We're going to get you a dog. Good luck. Pity is an excellent motivator for parents everywhere, <laughs> which I'm sure you will find out one day. I love it. Well, we like to wrap up our conversation with what we call caption worthy conclusions. And this is our way of summarizing our takeaways in a millennial friendly format. Because let's be real, our attention has shrunken dramatically. Shrunk? Did I say shrunken? You said you said shrunken, and I was literally <laughs> biting my lip. <laughs> it didn't sound right coming out of my mouth, but whatever. Look, as long as you can correct yourself, it means uh, I'm this having a positive me. impact. This is this is unfiltered. This is what you get. I've worked all day. <laughs> All right, so how many captions do you have for me today? You told me I could only do three, so I did three. That sounds like something I would say. (laughs) So here we go. All right, so our first caption-worthy conclusion for does my dog, cat, slash bird know that I love them? This is like dog, slash cat, slash bird, not a dog, cat, bird. 
in case anyone was confused. Uh, it's, I see. It's not, it's not the, <laughs> there was no genetic manipulation involved in this. It's not the, the 90s uh, dog cat show. <laughs> Never. Okay. Wasn't it cat dog? It was cat, cat dog. dog. That's what it was. Um, all right. Here we go. Caption. Go ahead. Conclusions. <clears throat> Millennial babies. All the love. None of the bottles. <laughs> I like it. I like it. All right. Give me number two. <laughs> Who let the dogs in? Millennials. Oh, now that. I love it. Extra millennial with the call out to a seminal song from our childhood. That's peak caption worthy conclusion. Nicely done. That's going to be hard to top. Let's hear number three. All right. I should have put that last. Number three is I sign my dog's names on my Christmas card. Should have put the other one last. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> no, that one's pretty good, too. I'm pretty sure Chloe was in your engagement photos. Oh, yeah. My friend came and held her, like, off to the side while we took pictures, and then we grabbed her for, like, a few. I'm surprised she wasn't behind you on the altar at, at your wedding. <laughs> um, Connor did put his foot down for that and told me no dog at the wedding. Rude. I'm surprised you didn't pair me, because I think I was the last of your husband's groomsmen. I'm surprised you, you didn't pair me with her. To have her. That would have been perfect. <laughs> it really would have been. <laughs> so, of my caption worthy conclusions, we have millennial babies, all the love, none of the bottles. Who let the dogs in? Millennials. And I sign my dog's name on my Christmas card. Which is your favorite this week, Brian? Uh, no secrets here. Number two. No question. Who let the dogs in? Millennials. Millennials. <laughs> millennials. <laughs> <laughs> I love the raise the roof. You really are. You're way more boomer than Zoomer. I am. Do you, have you, has it been nice seeing my face on this podcast? It has been memorable. I'll say that. I kind of like it. I get <laughs> no, to you see, look very cute today. I get to see your reactions. Well, unlike your anxiety, this podcast does have an end. Make sure to like, subscribe, and share with your friends if you enjoyed today's episode. You can find us on Instagram at AnxiousMillennialBFF. Um, we will see you next week to answer another anxiety-inducing question. And I think next week's will be pretty fun. Mm, no animals were harmed in the making of this podcast. Only loved and snuggled on. Yeah. This one's for you, Cheeky. R.I.P. <laughs> <laughs>